The following message is brought to you by the CD ministry of Rancho Baptist Church. This message by Pastor Matt Shia was recorded during our regular morning worship service. Pastor Matt is the senior pastor here at Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. While Pastor Matt is on vacation, our youth pastor, Shane DeLisi, will be talking about the surrendered life. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Philippians. And now, here's Pastor Shane. This morning, I wanted to, I don't know why God is doing this in my life or whenever I feel like I'm up here. I've only been up here once before, <laughs> but uh, I feel like every time I'm up here, twice. Um, I feel like God's really working on my heart with this whole suffering, surrender, life. And, and, uh, and that's been our theme this summer in high school. And that's trickled a little bit over into junior high too, um, up at camp that we were at and stuff like that. But I want to give you guys a heads up um, on what God is doing in students' lives this morning. And, and because I want you guys to, ex- to experience what we're going through over there, um, but I also want to challenge you this morning with, with the message that God has given us over there I want to bring here this morning. And it's challenging. And, and I'll guarantee you this morning, if you allow the Holy Spirit to work on your heart and change you, uh, and when, when you come to God's Word and expect God, God's Word to be alive and active in your life, um, I don't know what He's going to do this morning. You know, I, I can guarantee you in each and every one of your hearts and your lives, if you're open to Him speaking to you this morning, I do not know what He's going to do. So what I gave you, I'm not uh, Matt's a big filling guy. <laughs> I, 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 I'm like, how do I make a fill-in sheet? That's one of the hardest things for me. Uh, so I give you a sheet just to fill in yourself. And uh, there's a sentence up there. Let me see this real quick. It says, uh, as we go through God's Word this morning, write down ways that God is speaking to your heart through His Holy Word. And then you've got the verses there. you got some things we'll talk about. And uh, So write down. Write those things. I, I'm, I'm confident enough in... in who God is and, and how He's working in your lives, that He'll give you those things that, that He wants to challenge you with this morning. That uh, as I'm faithful to preach His Word and, and to deliver it to you, there's nothing that I'm like, so did you get that? <laughs> you know? he, he will work if you're open to Him this morning. And I just want to pray that he, you guys would be open, that I would be open to His leading this morning. So pray with me as we get started. Lord, we love You. We thank You so much for bringing us here. And, and Father... Do whatever you want with our lives this morning. Lord, as we, as we come and hear from your word, as we um, look at this surrendered life and what it looks like through the life of Paul, Lord, through, through what your son Jesus said through the Gospels, Lord, um, we pray that you would come and challenge us, encourage us, convict. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you would uh, do your work this morning, Lord. Uh, we are, are your people and you are our God. And we just come humbly before you and ask that you work on our hearts and continue to make us more like your son as we surrender more and more of our lives to you, Lord. So we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And that's been our theme this summer, that whole surrender thing. And one of the keys that have been huge in God working in in students' lives uh, this summer um, have have been our time spent with the Lord. And, and teaching students how to spend an hour with the Lord, let alone adults, hour and a half, is hard. Uh, I, I tend to think, hey, you know, it's just like watching two TV shows, you know? Just go spend time with the Lord. Pretend there's commercials there, too. I don't know. And, and, and you're just like, that's, that has changed our whole summer. Our whole summer with the youth. 
is their time spent with the Lord. Shane, this isn't just a thing that you want me to, a bunch of to-do list. That's not a Christian life. No, it's not. Shane, you mean if it's not just about going to church? No, it's not. I hope you don't think that. It's all about having a deep relationship with the Lord. Being open to Him, spending time in His Word, and, and waiting on Him. It's huge. When's the last time you spent time with the Lord? That has changed our summer. I'll guarantee you. You ask these kids, uh, and, and that has changed the summer. Whether they've been challenged to spend more time with the Lord, surrender their life over to the Lord. Um, some kids have, have been in deep sin in secret for a while. God has convicted their hearts of sin in their life. They are coming clean. They knew that continuing in sin would not further their relationship with the Lord and go deeper and deeper with Him. And God was working on their hearts. What a difference we had at our high school retreat. Um, we went whitewater rafting again, and we had a great time. And every morning we would spend 45 minutes to about an hour with the Lord. What a difference it was from last year already. What a difference it is for students to spend time with the Lord and see your heart my heart to say, guys, this is the most important thing. And every day, it was, it was amazing. Because we're, we're this, this verse that Pastor Matt challenged us with, for the eyes of the Lord range to and fro, range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. We've been continuing to chew on that in our student ministries with high school and junior high and saying, hey guys, is your heart fully His? And I say that again this morning, is your heart fully His? And, uh, and we've been challenging our students with that. Junior high, we went to Hume Lake and uh, had a great time at Hume Lake Christian Camps. And once again, they give you time to spend with the Lord. They also were challenging us to say, hey, at, at the loan, when you're alone, when no one else is looking, or when, you're, when, when you feel like you're the only one living for Jesus Christ, will you live for Him? That was our challenge to junior hires this year. Will you live for Him even when... You're standing alone at the end of the world. Do you still say, I love the Lord? Challenging their hearts to go deeper with God. And I remember one night, particularly in junior high, at, at this camp where, where I said, Lord, okay. Lord was working on some of our students' hearts to surrender more of their life to Him and those who were already believers. And I remember getting down one night and I knew that I was going to get down on, the knee, on my knees with a student that night. I knew it. The Lord... The Lord's awesome like that. So I knew it, and I'm sitting in my chair, and I'm like thinking, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And, and it's one of our students, and I got to pray with him that, that, that night, and, and I remember him saying this, this to me, and I'm going to bring it up to him every time I see him. Shane, I have my plans in my life. I, I love you know sports. I love this or that. But I'm willing to give that up if, if the Lord wants to do something different. I'm willing to give it up if the Lord wants to do something different in my life. Do you see? Do you see that? It's, it's all about the Lord. And God's been reminding us of that this summer. Uh, college retreat went awesome. They went down and spent time with the Lord. Our own Jason Pardue spoke, and it was great. And uh, just and again, wasn't it the time with the Lord? It was all about the time with the Lord. Deepening our relationship with that. Club Med, if you guys don't know what that is, it's not like a vacation getaway that we... We get away during the summer. You guys may have... Anyone done Club Med at all? Come on, don't be bashful. All right, never mind. No one did it. Um, but it's Tuesday mornings. We go off to a park, Paula Park, where we meet with our RBC picnics. And uh, we go and spend an hour and a half with the Lord. That's all we do. 
and uh, we worship the Lord with, with song, and, and I bring my guitar, and we just have some fun. And, um, but God's been working. And, and the, here's another cool thing. Kids are asking questions like, Shane, how do I serve God? Shane, how do I surrender my life fully over to the Lord? God is convicting students in a way that they, like I already said before, are coming, they're, they're confessing sin that they've been hiding in secret for the past three or four years. And, and I'll guarantee you, not knowing about it until they confess it and bring it up, their relationship with the Lord would not deepen unless they did confess that before the Lord. I guarantee you of that. If you're harboring sin in your heart, don't expect the Lord to be near. Don't expect it. You're still in your sin and you're enjoying it. And, and we've been talking about this whole theme of surrender and it has been mind-blowing. It's actually been a little overwhelming for me. <laughs> we've been doing a lot and, and as I've been seeing God work, I, as it's been more and more overwhelming, it's more and more of me going, whoa, God, you're doing some amazing things. This is out of control. And, and he says, that's exactly what you need to be, Shane. You need to be out of control and let me work. And, and you just be available for me to use you in ministry. Right? And, and he's saying that with our lives. It's okay if it's out of control. You're not in control, you control freaks out there. Are you? Let me be in control. God's saying, let me be in control. Surrender your life over to me. And that's what we're going to go through this morning. And this entire summer we've been looking at this Christian life and this life of surrender. And I want to share one more story before we go into scripture. And there's been one kid two Thursday nights ago. Three Thursdays. Three Thursday nights ago. And uh, he came into a... He's a newer visitor, student, guy, boy. Going to be a sophomore in high school. And he comes in and he's... I pretty much share the gospel and, and we talk about surrendering our life over to the Lord, giving up everything, what it means to fully give your life to the Lord, denying yourself, taking up your cross, and you may suffer for the Lord, uh, you will be persecuted if you want to live a godly life. We've been talking about tough things. And he comes up to me afterwards and asks me, how do I serve God? How do I surrender my life over to the Lord? And he's not a believer, so we got to talk about the gospel. And I shared with him about Jesus Christ. And he said, you know what? I, don't, I, know, I understand what you're saying about Jesus Christ, but I don't know if I'm willing to give my full life over to the Lord. Because you're telling me, if I give up everything, I probably will suffer for the Lord. Life will not get easier. And then we talked about how to have that relationship. And he still hasn't made that decision. I'm praying for him. His name's Alex. Um, I, I love it. You guys may go, weird, Shane. He hasn't accepted Christ, Lord. But he hasn't accepted Christ yet. And you love it? And I say, yes. Because he realizes what the commitment is. Doesn't he? Some of us have maybe said, yeah, I accepted the Lord. But it was like a get-out-of-hell-free card. Right? And you thought your life was going to be so much better with the Lord, and it is, but not in the way that you expected it to be better, is it? Maybe you don't have the big fatty house. Maybe you're not comfortable with finances. Maybe you had some complications with pregnancies. Maybe your life hasn't gone the way that you have planned and that your dreams 
have been. But God says, what if that's what I wanted to do and I would receive the most glory out out of what I've been doing in your life? All those hard things that you've been going through, the suffering that's been going on, I've received the most glory because of what I've done in your life. And isn't that what life is all about? Giving God the most glory? I've been overwhelmed by the Lord. We went to Harvest Crusade last night and saw thousands come to, the, to know Jesus Christ and overwhelmed in my seat that people would make that decision for the Lord and, and say, hey God, I'll give you my life. I'm a sinner and I'll give you my life. And so, here's some questions. Here we are this morning. Thanks for letting me rant on. Are we ready to surrender our life to the Lord? That's a question I want to ask you this morning. Are you willing to get over yourself and fully trust God with your life? Are you willing to get over yourself? Shane has to get over himself so that God can work in my life. I have to fully trust God and say, Lord, you are creator. I am only creation. You are God, King of kings, Lord of lords. You know what's good for me. I trust you with my entire life. So my question that we'll be bringing up a lot this morning, do you trust the Lord with your life? Will you get over yourself? And will you surrender your, surrender your life over to the Lord and saying, it's not about me, it's all about you, and it's all about your gospel. It's all about proclaiming your son Jesus Christ. And so we read verses like this throughout our summer with our kids. And it's Mark 8, 3, 8, 35. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If any would, anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes to his Father's glory with the holy angels. How many of you guys have heard that verse before? A lot of you. It's a common verse. Don't allow this to just skim over your head this morning and say, I've heard it. I've heard it before, Shane. God's saying, yeah, but have you done it? Have you denied yourself? Are you willing to lose your life for my sake so that you may gain it? And that's what we've been chewing on this summer with the kids. It's awesome. Will you deny yourself and say, Lord, this life isn't about me. And will you come and lose your life for me and for the gospel? And you will save it. God is asking us to deny ourselves and take up our cross. And we've been asking questions like, what does that mean? What does that mean for us as a church to deny yourself, to take up your cross? What does that mean for you individually today, right now in these seats? What does it mean for you to take up your cross, to follow the Lord, and to say, God, to you be all the glory, no matter what happens in my life. Allow me to be obedient in my love for you. Huge. Huge. And in Matthew 16, it says it again. 
It's, it's just reiterating, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for, my, for me will, will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, if he gains all the toys, if he gains the biggest house, if he feels safe with his finances, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? What, it, what does it mean? Be open with me this morning. I'm, I'm just going to... I like participation. What, what does it mean to lose your life? Talk to me about that. What does it mean to lose it? Yeah. I've, so to give up your wants and your desires to God. Yeah. Huge. What else? Lose your life. Lose it. What else does that mean? For you. So quit doing the quit doing the things that you used to do. Mm, don't follow the crowd anymore. Repent. There's some sin going on. Or even just, you know, blending in with the world. You know? Making yourself just blend. God doesn't want us just to blend, you know? I hate that. This other verse right here, John twelve twenty five. The man who loves his life will lose it. While the man who hates his life Wow, we go from lose to hate. Hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. So we talk about losing our life. We talk about hating our life. Hating our life, not self-condemnation. <laughs> I hate myself. It's, it's, a, it's a hatred for the life in this world to, to seek after and desire the things of this world rather than for God. Do you guys get that? The person that hates his life for the sake of the gospel and for the Lord that says, Lord, you know what? My life here isn't about me. It isn't about me pleasing myself. It's all about pleasing you and what you have going on. I give my life as an offering to you. Come and use me as you will. I guarantee you, he will use you he says that broken and contrite spirit, humble heart, I will not deny. Come and offer yourself to me. It's huge. What does it mean to hate your life here on earth? Check out this other verse from God's word. Um, it means to put to death our own sinful desires, this hating yourself and your selfishness. A lot of us, are, we're selfish people. And, and, and seek out God's will and live to please Him rather than ourselves. And here's some, just of what, what God calls us to, a deeper relationship with Him. He says, encouragement, all men will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. Are you willing to go in a deeper relationship with the Lord, knowing that you'll be ostracized in this world because this world will hate you because you love Christ? Sign me up, Shane, for a life of surrender. How does that sound? But that's what God is calling us to. That's what God is calling us to. And others in our life will see that love and, and obedience to the Lord. 
and, and they'll say, I want that too. I want that relationship with Jesus Christ that you have. God is asking us to surrender our lives. And do, you, do we fear people? Or do we fear the Lord? And say, Lord, I want to serve you with my life. I don't want to worry about those around me. But I want to serve you. That's a huge verse right there. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Have, have an have a awesome fear of the Lord. And, and we're going to be talking about that a little later through the life of Paul. Paul knew his place here on earth as a servant and slave of Christ Jesus. He knew his role that he is not God he is not the overall person in his life that's just seeking to please himself. He's saying, I'm not God, but my life wants to serve him with my whole heart. And let's turn to Philippians 1, if you guys have your Bibles. Philippians 1, we're just going to cruise through um, the life of Paul as he he's uh, writing this letter to the church of Philippi. And I'll give you some, give you some context where we're at. This letter was written by Paul. As you guys are turned there, when he was a prisoner in Rome, about AD 62, and it was sent to his fellow Christians at the church in Philippi, a church Paul had founded on his second missionary journey. Good things were happening. People were coming to know the Lord. Whole families were coming to know the Lord. Good things were happening at this church. Some great things. People were just surrendering their lives over to the Lord. They were growing in their relationship with God. And Paul sends this letter to them, encouraging them. And, and the people... Everyone knows what's happening to Paul. Paul's in prison. Paul is chained up 24-7 to a a Roman guard. He's chained. He's in chains for the gospel. And even in his circumstances and his situations, which is pretty amazing to me, Paul continues to see his life through the lens of Jesus Christ. He continues to see his life through, okay, God, what are you doing now? Oh, I'm getting beaten today? Great. What are you doing now, Lord? Oh, I get to hang out with my friends today. Okay, what are you doing now, Lord? How many of us already have dreams and plans set up for your life? And I want to encourage you. Have you ever, and challenge you, have you ever asked the Lord, what what do you have for me? Lord, I have all these dreams and these plans and everything set up. And, and I'm sure Paul had some ideas of maybe what he may think might be going on next in his life. But he never knew. Are you willing to say, okay, Lord, what do you have for me? Because I want to do what you want to do, Lord. Whatever your plans, your wills, I want to surrender my life to you. And I, and I want you to see, here's three things this morning on your on the bottom of your paper there. I want you guys to see Paul's unwavering love and obedience to the Lord. Unwavering love. And, and it's, it's, this, I realize this Christian life isn't just about these great feelings we have. Sure, you're going to you know, feel some great things here or there. But it's all about obedience to the Lord. Are you willing to put your money where your mouth is and say, yeah, I love the Lord. And then are you willing to serve Him? Are you willing to actually say, yeah, the things I've been reading, the things that God has been doing in my life, the great time I've been having with the Lord, are you willing to go out and live it? 
now for him? Are you willing to be obedient to God's call no matter what is going on in your life? No matter what. Because it's all about Him and it's all about His glory and it's all about what He's doing. And, uh, and Paul knew that. Second thing, Paul had a single-minded life. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Paul had this single-minded life. He was so... His, his aim and his focus was so much on serving God and, and serving Christ and preaching the gospel so that everyone would know that that's all Paul wanted to do. That's why it was so easy for him, no matter what circumstance he was in, to always say, Lord, all glory to you, and how do you want to use me here? Even in prison, can you imagine, uh, normally, I believe it was either four or six hours, but that's not a huge uh, thing to have in the story. But when you are chained up to a Roman guard in prison, it's not like how we, you just throw him in a cell here, you know, and say, okay, you're in jail. It's not like that. It's, he was in house arrest in a place in Rome where he is chained to a Roman guard 24-7. And, and the details, either it's four or six hours, but these guards are switching on and off every four to six hours. And do you think Paul's just sitting in his cell going, woe is me? If you guys know Paul, he's praying to the Lord, singing worship songs, you know, Talking to the Lord 24-7. Talking to this guard about Jesus Christ, right? And can you imagine days go by. Guards are switched out every four to six hours. Paul's saying, what an opportunity for me to be in prison. Thank you, Lord. And I get to talk to these guards about Christ, <laughs> you know? Total different mindset than what I have in my life. I don't know if I'd be thinking those type of mindset. Paul had that single-minded life where he said, Lord, for me to live for you is everything. And to die and be with you is, is gain. But for me to live for you and, and to be used by you all the time, that, that's my single aim in life. I want to I pursue you. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is the way Paul lays down his life and surrender to the Lord. He had so many things going for him. He lists all these things he could have boasted in himself. Right? He had all that list of stuff. He said, you know, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm a Pharisee. I was this and this. We'll look at it later. And and he said, hey, you know what? It's all trash. It's all dung. And that's poop. And it's all rubbish. Right? And he says, you know what? All the things that I have had in my life, that I've put my faith and trust in myself, It's nothing compared to knowing Christ as Lord and serving Him with my whole life. It's nothing. It's nothing. I I, I deny it and I put it aside and I I lose my life. I hate my my life in this world and I give it up. Lord, I want to serve You with my entire life. I've been overwhelmed by that this summer, what God has been doing. So let's check that out. Paul's unwavering love and obedience to our Lord. This is huge. Huge. Obedience is insane. (laughs) if I can say that. Philippians 1, verse 1, Paul writes that he is a slave of Christ. In his unwavering love for the Lord and him being overwhelmed by God's grace and mercy and kindness in his life, he's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And Paul says, hey, because of that love that you have for me, 
All I can give back to you is my life. All I can give back to you is everything who I am. And Paul understood that. Paul understood that he said, Lord, because of your amazing kindness and mercy and love towards me, what is my response? What's Paul's response? He comes and says, I'd be nothing without you. So because of that, I give you everything of who I am. What are you holding on to in your life that's keeping you from giving the Lord everything? Think about that for a minute. What are you holding on to in your life or not being obedient to the Lord in your life that is keeping you from a life fully surrendered to the Lord? Fully surrendered. For me, in my life, I'll share with you, TV. I'll be honest with you. I was joking around with some staff at camp and I said, you know, if I get rid of TV, I still got to have Angels games. You know, still got to watch baseball. I'm like, uh, no, nah, I might have to get rid of that too. Lord, I need to be obedient and be praying with my wife every day. God's saying, shame, will you do that? Sometimes an act of surrender means being obedient and doing things in your life that the Lord wants you to do. He wants me to be praying more with my wife. I haven't been doing that. I need to. That's what he's been calling me to. This unwavering love and obedience to the Lord. We are no longer slaves to sin, the Bible talks about, but slaves to righteousness. And I love that. Actually, we're already there. Romans 6.16. Read this or look at it with me. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? My question is, who do you obey today? Do you obey the Lord in your life and are you obedient to him? Or are you still maybe putting your faith and trust in yourself and your plans and, and, and obeying who knows? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Maybe some of us in this room, you don't know Jesus Christ, and you're like, well, I don't know what it means to really serve God and give Him my entire life. That's a, some good questions to be asking. And for you to even ask those is pretty amazing. But even to, Paul talking here in Romans 6, 16, says, Whom are you, who are you going to obey? A lot of us in this room have made the decision to obey Christ and give Him our lives and fully just trust Him and receive His gift on the cross. And maybe some of you in this room are still saying, hey, I, I haven't done that. I'm, I don't want to beat around the bush. You're slaves to sin. You're slaves to sin until you fully put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And then even maybe some of us who, who have received Christ and, and are struggling with sin, sin in your life, who are you going to obey? Are you going to continue to run to the comfort of, of maybe some sin in your life that, that you keep in secret? Or will you obey the Lord and confess that and follow Him? It's up to you. 2 Corinthians 9.13 Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God, not you, We'll praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ 
and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of faith in the gospel. Your obedience that accompanies your confession of faith in the gospel. Men will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. Men will know you are my disciples by your love for me and how you follow me and are obedient to me, God says. And then in 2 John 1, 6, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. As you have heard from the beginning, His command is that you walk in love. It's a huge thing to say, Yes, Lord, I love you with my whole life and get caught up in the feelings of churchianity and whatever. But to really go, I love Jesus Christ. He has redeemed my soul from the pit of hell and because of that, I'm going to be obedient to His call. And not only say I love Jesus, but I'm going to live it out too. That is what Paul is saying here. My unwavering love and obedience for God, I'm going to live it out. I'm not just going to say it. I'm going to live it and be obedient to His call. And I love that. Secondly, it's on your sheet there. Let's chat about how Paul lived the single-minded life. Single-minded. Paul just wanted to serve Christ and see Him glorified no matter what. Would you guys agree with that? Paul just wanted to see God glorified no matter what. Do you guys want to see God glorified no matter what happens in your life? It's a scary thing. I started thinking about that this week and I said, Lord, would I want to see you glorified even if, and then fill in the blank. And I, I started thinking about if you took my family away, if, if you did this or that, if, would, would you, would, do you still want to see God glorified? That deep commitment and love to Christ to say, Lord, no matter what you do, I want to see you glorified. Do you see this of Paul's testimony in God's word? It's huge. It just, it just speaks so loudly of Paul's life. Paul's a single-minded man wanting to serve God and give glory to his king forever. And, uh, and this is in this verse. It's summed up, Paul's life is summed up in this verse right here. The single-minded life. It, it's, it's for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. That's it. Paul was so single-minded in the way he lived that he says everything for me to live... It's all about Christ. And for me to die and when the Lord takes me home, man, that's so much better because I'm going to be with Him. But if I'm here on earth, I will live for Christ. And that's it. Single-minded. James 1.8 says, Man, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The double-minded person. The person that says, Yeah, I I think I can serve God, but also do my own thing. Um, or, yeah, I do want to serve God and see Him be glorified, but i got my own agenda too. That is a very unstable person. And there, there, was this, there was this old Latin proverb that says, when a pilot does not know what port he is heading for, no wind is the right wind. Where's your aim? Is your aim to serve Christ? Or are you just kind of wondering out there going, yeah, I guess, okay, cool. Good church service today. Is your life set on serving and loving Christ? Do you know where you are heading in life? Paul knew his purpose. He knew it. Single-minded. No matter what happens, no matter what my circumstances, I'm going to see life through the lens of Christ. Whether I'm in chains or free, 
whether I'm being beaten or I get to share the gospel and, and, and do it willingly, no matter what happens, whether I'm shipwrecked, <laughs> whatever is going on in my life, I'm just going to serve Christ. That's it. So simple, so hard. You know? So simple, yet so hard. To always see your circumstances through the lens of Christ. So hard to do. And, and I guarantee you, meeting up with the Lord and spending time with Him, you're going you're gonna to be able to see life through what He wants to do. And the last thing here, we'll end on this with Paul, Paul's life. The last thing we want to do is look at the way Paul laid down his life and surrendered to the Lord. Paul even said he had a lot to boast about, didn't he, in life? He had a lot of things going for himself. But he finally realized on the road to Damascus that this, this life isn't about him. It's all about this awesome, amazing, holy God creator of the universe. This life is all about his plan and will. And and because I finally realized that, I'm going to give my life fully over to him. Paul had a lot to put trust in himself. But he says, you know what? I'll, I'll count those things loss and, and I'll serve Christ with my life. I'll count all of it loss. Paul knew everything was rubbish, dung, and worthless in this life compared to knowing Christ. And let's read Philippians 3 here. Or you can turn there. You're right there, aren't you? (laughs) A couple pages over. Or one. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, though... If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. You want to challenge Paul with putting more confidence in the flesh this morning? Bring your list. Paul says, I have more. And let me show you what all this stuff is. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic, Righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. Philippians 3, 3-10. So here's what I want you to do this week. If you're willing to take me up on a challenge or, or a time that you can spend with the Lord this week. This afternoon, tomorrow, whenever next time you spend with the Lord, this afternoon or tomorrow, here's what I want you to do. See this list that Paul has written to say, if I have anything to boast in myself, here's my list and no one can compare to it, but I counted it all loss. Make a list for yourself 
of all the things you can find yourself being prideful and self-righteous in, write the list down. Confess it to the Lord. Bring it before Him and, and pray this prayer. After Paul wrote all those things, he said, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss. And give that list to the Lord and say, Lord, this is rubbish. This is, this is nothing compared to knowing you. Can you guys do that? A little challenge. It's going to take some humility and humbleness for sure. And here's what I want you to, to pray at the end of your prayer as you spend time with the Lord. Pray this out, what Paul ends here on Philippians 3, 3 through 10. It says, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings becoming like Him in His death and make it personal. So I'd, I'd go back and say this in my journal. I like to journal. Lord, I want to know You and the power of Your resurrection and the fellowship of Your sufferings becoming like You in Your death. Making Scripture a little bit more personal, isn't it? It's okay to do. God's Word is speaking to your heart. Saying, Lord, I want to share in Your persecutions. I want to share in Your sufferings. I want to make known your name amongst people who don't know you. And so we go back to that, we go back to that question that, that I asked in the beginning this morning. Have you surrendered your life over to the Lord or are you still trusting in your own plans? Are you still trusting in your own plans? Some people live their life like this. They, they hold so tightly to all their dreams and plans that when God wants to continue to work in their life as a believer, they have to maybe do some hard things in their life that may hurt, that may be painful to pry their arms off their plans and the things that God may want to release them of and, and say, no, I, I'm not going to do things that way. I'm going to do things different. Are you guys willing to say, Lord... Come and do your plan, even if it's different than what I have going on right now. Are you willing to say that? Pretty hardcore to say it. You know? Pretty hard to say, wow, Lord, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know? What do you have to do to, to grow my heart deeper in a relationship with you? What will you do? But if you have the mindset that this life is all about Christ and all about living a deeper relationship with the Lord, you're going to want Him to do whatever He needs to do so that your heart can be in a deeper relationship with your Lord. Right? It's huge. Get over yourself and your plans and see what will happen when you let God take over your life. And I'm not promising. The Bible doesn't promise. What does the Bible promise? It doesn't promise a great life, does it? I mean, a great life in the world standards. Does it? It doesn't promise that. I'm not promising that. You didn't hear from me. You didn't hear from God's word either. He says, those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, will suffer for me. But guess what? You will have joy in all circumstances. You will have an abundant life in me. And when you come up to heaven, you'll, you'll share in, in what, I've, what I have up here. You're co-heirs with Christ. You're adopted into my family as sons and daughters. My love for you is amazing. 
want it. I want it more. And I, and I start thinking about, you know, Pastor Matt has been talking about persecution, suffering coming to the U.S. It may be coming. I don't know when or where, how or what. But I've been talking with my wife and I said, I want to have that same type of faith and desire that these men in the old, the old early church had that when they were persecuted, they standed firm in their, in, in their relationship with Christ. I told my wife, and I'll be bluntly honest with you, if I were to be beaten as some of these men were, I don't know if I'd be able to stand there and say, Lord, you're good. I will continue to serve you with my whole life. It'd be pretty tough. And if you're honest with yourself, which I think I was pretty honest with myself, am I willing to go through anything to see God be glorified and for my relationship with Him to go deeper? Am I willing to do that? And if I am, I better prepare myself and spend time with the Lord so that no matter what He chooses to do in my life and put me through, which it's all His plan and His glory, I may say, Lord, I'm going to serve you no matter what. No matter what, I will serve you. And that's been, been big on our hearts. Here in Student Ministries, we've been talking about this life of surrender. And hopefully some of these kids are getting it. The light's turning on, you know. Shane, this, this life is so much more than what I've heard. So, let's pray. Lord, you're, you are good. And uh, we love you so much. This life is all about you, Father. This life is all about living for you and your Son, Jesus Christ, and seeing, seeing the gospel go out and be preached and proclaimed, Lord, and others coming to, to this realization of true life in you. Lord, however you want to continue to grow us or you us, may it all be to your glory, to your plan, your will. And may we be willing to go through, Lord, your plan and your will so that we may know you more and experience your joy, your peace, your patience, your amazing love in our life. And Father, maybe some of us in this room, maybe there's some things that you were specifically talking to us this morning, Lord, that we need to give up in our life. That we need to surrender and lay at your feet and say, Father, I I give you all of me. I want to get over myself. This life is not about me. It's about you. Lord, continue to do a work this morning in our hearts. To you be all the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus, I pray. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about this message, Rancho Baptist Church, or simply about knowing God in a deeper way, you can contact us on our website at www.ranchobaptistchurch.org or you can simply call us at area code 951-676-2911. May the Lord richly bless you in your walk with Him.